0: Well, hey, good morning, True North. Come on, let's clap. It's good to be in God's house. Well, hey, uh, today we have a special guest with us. I'm excited. Would you do me a favor? You stand to your feet right where you're at. And uh, I want to let you know, I just want to give you a little kind of just a heads up. If you aren't fired up or ready for some loud encouragement this morning, I'm just going to give you some preface to that, okay? Because it's going to come. Um, This, really, I don't want to call him a guest. He may be a guest if you're new to the house, but if you've been part of the True North family for any length of time, you know that Joe Sengel is kind of, he's part of the family, and I don't even think it does him justice, his life, his story, his heart, to say that he's a finance guy. He's a Jesus guy. And he, he loves to share the good news of Jesus with people and what's written within the Word of God. And his zeal for God is evident in his zeal for people to win in life. And uh, I don't want to take up any of his time. He's a dear friend of mine, um, of our staff, um, of Pastor Eric, Pastor Joanne, my wife Liza. And uh, he's got an incredible story. And everyone who's joining us online to make sure that you clap, even if you're by yourself in your house, be that awkward person. But come on, uh, True North, welcome uh, Pastor Joe Sengel to this. Come on. Fired up. Fired up. Who's fired up? This is my first time being in
1: this building with people in it. I'm so fired up. You know, I think this is like the 11th year in a row that I've been able to come up here to True North. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Uh, and, And I heard about this vision of having your very own space, and now I get to stand in the vision. That fires me up. And, and listen, that should be a daily testimony to you, that whatever the vision is, God has placed in your heart. It may seem like it is a myth, but God placed that vision there, that one day, if you trust God, one day you will stand in the vision. I don't know what that is for you, but that's a word for somebody as we get started today. I love the name of the series, uh, and I'm also a little nervous about it when Pastor Jesse said, "Hey, I want to talk you to talk in this series called, "In God We Trusted." like past tense. I got a little nervous. You might get nervous when you saw that name. I, I'm a little bit nervous. And so I, uh, I, I actually had a lot of fun preparing this message. I feel like God gave me a word and I am fired up about it. But I'm going to do some teaching to get started because I'm a, I'm a natural born teacher, not necessarily a preacher. So is that okay? So we're just going to have some education today. It's going to be awesome. I talk about I I, I talk about money a lot, stewardship a lot, and it's really important. How many of you know that every day has money related to it? Like, it costs money. Like, it costs money to drive to church. That's, you spent gas, you wore out your tires a little bit, the brakes wore out a little bit, Um, your kids probably thought about breaking something this morning, Um, something's making a sound in the refrigerator, you're nervous about that, you know. I mean, every day, living is expensive. How many of you know to that? And and so I, I want to talk today about a title of this message, if I'm going to title it, is I'm going to call it Intense Trust. Oh, Intense Trust. Now I want to do a little education. Um, if we all have some paper currency, I have some paper currency with me. And uh, Very few people carry cash anymore. Did you notice that? But like the millennials are confused. They don't, they don't really know what this looks like. Uh, because all my daughter's friends, they just don't carry a lot of this. But did you know that money paper money, is not really paper, it's actually cloth. Did you know that? It's very exciting. I want to tell you the details about it. Um, it's one quarter linen fibers and three quarters cotton. Yeah, and if you look at it really closely, it actually has red and blue synthetic fibers, polyester fibers, woven into it for a patriotic reinforcing effect. Isn't that exciting? Like, for real, you can look at it. And, and it's woven together And uh, that's, why do they do that? So that it will last. Parents, anybody who has ever done the wash, the laundry, you know how horrible it is when you accidentally left a piece of paper or your kids left a note in their pocket and you pull it out of the washer or the dryer and it's like a thousand pieces all over the dryer. How many have ever had that happen? And it's like, I don't know who left that in there, but they're going to pay because you're crawling in there, it's coming out of the dryer vent everywhere. I mean, you've seen that happen. What if that happened to your money? Like, anybody who does the laundry knows that when you do the laundry and you find the paper note disintegrated in there, that's a bad day. But there's those glorious moments. Come on, somebody. When you get rewarded for doing the laundry and a $10 bill shows up or a $20 bill and, Lord, let it be a $50 has anybody ever had that happen? And you never tell anybody. It's like, I think I'll put that right in my pocket. Cash is woven together. It's cloth. That's an interesting fact, isn't it? You know, there's some other interesting facts about money. Is it has security features. Some of you have looked at it, and you can hold up a five up to the light, and you can see a five. There's actually a five right here. Do you kind of see that five right there? Maybe, kind of. It's got, it's got the word USA 5 spelled in it in several places, and the 10 has the same for USA 10, and it also has these so-called images that are watermarked into the bill. They have every legitimate U.S. currency has raised printing on it. Isn't that exciting? Like, if it's printed on paper, like with an HP printer, it won't be raised ink. You know, that's a, that's a telltale sign it's counterfeit. And you should not do that. In fact, once I was trying to get an image of a a dollar bill that I wanted to show as an example, and I scanned it in, in a scanner, and it actually came up and said, this is illegal, you can't do this. Literally, it knew that I was doing that. I was very nervous about that. (laughs) Now, for the five largest denominations of U.S. currency, there's seven of them. Do you know them all? There's a $1 bill. Who's on that? George Washington, right? There's a $2 bill. Who's on that? Jefferson, that's right. There's a $5 bill, who's on it? Lincoln. This is gonna get a little more hard, but this one ought to be easy. A $10 bill, Alexander Hamilton, right? $20 bill, who? Jackson. $50 bill, who? Yeah, Grant. And on the $100 bill, Ben Franklin, my favorite. Five of them are U.S. presidents, two of them were not. Hamilton, and Franklin. Now, there's something included in all of these top five currencies from the $5 bill up called a security strip. Many of you have seen it. It's a security strip that you'll see in the dollar on the five. It's right here. It is located in a very specific spot for each denomination. And it's very interesting because one thing that became a problem is that people would bleach the face of a $5 bill so they'd have the right paper and they'd reimage it with a 20 or a 100 counterfeiting is a is a big deal and so they have to take steps to prevent it because obviously if somebody has a 5 and they magically turn it to 100 you know in the bible it says you can increase it 30 or 60 or 100 fold that's not the way to do it you'll get free room and board but the bars will kind of obstruct your vision <laughs> but there's another unique feature about this strip Did you know that under a certain type of light, it glows? And it glows a color. Did you know that? In fact, under a certain wavelength UV light, this is a UV light, it will glow. Do you see it glowing? On a 5, it's blue. Do you see that? What color is it on a 10? Well, it's in a different spot on a 10. It's actually down here, and it's kind of orange. You can maybe see that. Do you see that? Okay. Let's do a 20. And on a 20, do you see it? Is that pretty neat? It's in a different spot so that if you bleach it, they know, hey, that, is, that strip is in the wrong spot and it's the wrong color, it's counterfeit. That's pretty neat, isn't it? Yeah. Some of you knew this because you are retailers and you've received counterfeit bills and you become very aware of how to prove, you know, you've seen the pen, Right? pen test: if there's starch in the bill. Starch is in regular paper. It's not in U.S. currency. You know, we looked at the five, it's blue. The 10 is orange, slash, kind of yellowish. The 20 is green. The 50 is yellow, and on the $100 bill, it's pink. It has special security features. That's an interesting fact. Is that interesting, yes or no? Okay, it's just class. We're in class. It's great. Now, on every bill is printed the words, the United States of America. In fact, I have an image of all of these dollars I think that I sent. Maybe we can pull it up here. Do we have that? Maybe we can look at that? Yes, right here. Do you see it there on every one of them? The United States of America. On the two, it's on the bottom here, underneath Jefferson. And then we see it over here on the right. Do you see that? The United States of America. Everybody say those five words with me. The United States of America. It means a lot. In the dictionary.com, united is an adjective, and it means made into or caused to act as a single entity, agreed in harmony. And I find it as a unique feature of this place we live in. I get to travel all over the earth and teach on stewardship, and there was one state I had never been able to speak in, and it was one way out in the Pacific. And I have just prayed daily, Lord, let me speak. And Five years ago, I got the call to speak in Honolulu, I had to go there the first weekend of January. It's very difficult. <laughs> Just struggling for Jesus in Honolulu. And I've went uh, four years in a row in the first weekend of January to speak at that church. The Lord is good. Amen. But it's a remarkable feature of the place we live in. Watch this: that the deserts of Arizona and Nevada would be part of the same experience as the swamps of Louisiana and Florida. Isn't that amazing? That the mountains of Colorado and Idaho, and I'll be hiking the ones in Montana in nine days looking for the mighty Wapiti, the elk. That they would unite with the beautiful garden state. Isn't that awesome? And all the rolling hills and rivers that mark New England. That the plain states that produce much of our food would join together with the brilliance of the Pacific Northwest and the beauty that is California. That the upper Midwest with its great lakes You know, Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes, but there's actually more than 11,000 named lakes and the same amount of unnamed lakes in the state of Minnesota. That they would join with that diversified place, that nation known as Texas. That's funny. They believe themselves to be a nation. That a land with frozen tundra, Alaska, would share with that small collection of beautiful, tropical Pacific islands. What what with? With a common desire to be together and be united. That they'd be unified. That this nation, under God, would be a beacon, a city on a hill. As Abraham Lincoln himself stood two and a half hours away from this place at the Battle of Gettysburg, and he proclaimed that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. One of the most amazing speeches ever. What was President Lincoln doing? He was establishing a fact that has been evident from the founding of this nation, that we submit ourselves to God, that we are a nation that trusts God. And the presidents, you can look it up, go do the research. I've been able to research all of the 45 presidents and looking at the relationship with God and all of them have a relationship and had a relationship with the Lord. It is unique and were they they sinful people? Absolutely, so are we. Were they broken people? Absolutely, so are we. Were they submitted to God? Yes. And as such, All of us as Christ followers, we are to be united. Unity should be a hallmark of a Christ follower. Let me ask you a question. Does unity mark our nation right now? Does unity mark the church right now? Let me ask you an individual question. Does unity, is that what you strive for? You see, I noticed in math class as a young child, there's four major operators in math. There's addition, and what's the opposite of that? Subtraction. There's multiplication. What's the opposite of that? Division. Addition, multiplication, subtraction, division. Here's what I've discovered in my life. See if you've discovered it. The Lord tends to operate in addition and multiplication. Satan tends to subtract and divide. And if you go to the addition and the multiplication side, you will find unity. In Colossians 3, chapter, or chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourselves with what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them together all together in perfect, what? Unity. Isn't that incredible? That fires me up. We should be unified, and we should love. All of these things are what models and and should be the characteristics of the Christian life. It should be the mark of all believers, of those who follow Jesus. Now, on on this thing, it says the United States of America, on the back, is our national motto. And it is these four words, In God we trust. Let's all say those words together. In God we trust. Do you see it? We see it here on the back of every one of them. It's it's buried really small on the $2 bill, right below the painting, but you can see it above the buildings on the others. In God we trust. Let me share some interesting facts. Since 1938, all U.S. coins have had this phrase printed on it. In 1956, the phrase, In God We Trust, became, listen to this, the official motto of the United States. It's the official motto. One year later, the phrase began appearing on paper currency, and since 1966, all paper and coin currency in the U.S. has borne this phrase, In God We Trust. That got passed by law. That is uncommon unity. And no one, very few people, disagreed with that showing up on our currency. That that it is the hallmark of this nation that we would trust God. In weeks one and two, Pastor Jesse shared Psalm nine ten. Let's look at it again. It says, "Those who know your name, they do what? They trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you." In God we trust. Let's say those four words again, will we? In God we trust. So let me ask you a question. Do we really trust him? Or should we do it past tense? As the name of the series says. In God we trusted. Which means there was a finite finish to it and it is no longer the case. May it never be. You know, as many of you know, I speak on this topic of stewardship all the time, and I really think it's important to understand that this is not just about money, that I'm showing you stuff about our currency, but I'm showing it to say this is a nation that has had a hallmark of trusting in God. And that we as a follower of Jesus, that we as a united body of believers, regardless of the brand of Christ follower that we say it is, uh, Presbyterian, Methodist, Pentecostal, whatever it might be, That we are to trust God. And when we look at this, it's about more than money. It's about our heart. In Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says, Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But do what? But store for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here is where Jesus, this is Jesus' words, reveals the heart of this. For where your treasure is, what? There your heart will be also. This is about our heart. And in God we trusted. But I want to talk about three key words, the tenses of the word trust. I went back to grammar class and I looked at these three words. We'll put them on the screen for you. That there's a past, present, and future tense. There is trusted, that's past tense. There is trusting, present tense. And there is trust, I will trust, future tense. Trusted, trusting, and trust. Let's say those three words together, let's go. Trusted, trusting, trust. You know, when we say, in God we trusted, that's actually good news, because it means there was a time and place in our past where we trusted God. There's a history. You know, we, the, many people today in this audience, those listening online, listen, You trusted the Lord. In fact, many people, when they describe their salvation, they say, I placed my trust in the Lord. I trusted the Lord for salvation. It is a moment that is reflected in Romans 10, verses 9 through 10. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so how do you get to say, I trusted? How do you get to say, I trusted? By having a moment, a present moment, where you were trusting. Because as surely as I stand here, today will fade away. It will become a memory. What do they say? You cannot live in the past. You cannot live in the future. Perhaps that's why they call today a present We can only live in this moment. And what we choose to do in this moment, every day your choices matter because they become the past tense. Did you trust God today? Are you trusting him today? Therefore, tomorrow you can say, yesterday I trusted him. And if in that day you say, I am trusting, then you get to say, I'm in two tenses. I am in present tense, trusting, and past tense, I trusted. And if you do that long enough, You'll be able to lift up your head and look to the future and say, in the future, I will trust. I will trust. I am trusting. I have trusted. There's three tenses. And when I look at this, I see that this is very important. Think about this. I had this moment. I have a daughter. God bless me with this. Daughter, Lord Jesus, help me. Anybody here have young daughters? Raise your hand if you have young daughters. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, you see these hands. Bless them, Lord. They need it. Amen. Amen. I had this daughter born, and she's been a firecracker since she was born. She's 20. She's turned 21 in November. She's a senior in college. She's fired up. I don't know where she got it from. <laughs> but there came a moment where she was 15, and she said, Dad, I want, I want to get my driver's license. And any parent who started training their child to drive knows what this three tenses of trust mean. I wasn't prepared for this. Because there was a moment I got in the car, I had to say, uh, I am trusting you to drive this thing. Let's go five miles an hour, and we're going to drive on my farm about 70 acres, and we're going to stay way away from anything that would be like really harmful. In fact, one time, her little brother was sitting on the front seat of this truck. I, had a, I have a 1997 GMC 1500 get fired up pickup truck with the most underpowered V6 engine ever made by GM. Don't be jealous. Guard your heart against envy right now. I still have it. But she practiced in this, and one day she accidentally, while she's learning to drive, she jammed on the accelerator instead of the brake, and we ran over about 40 small trees, saplings, and came against a large stump of a tree that had been cut down, and we came to a shrieking, immediate halt. And my little son bounced off the front seat, banged his head on the dash, and he's rubbing his head and says, Man, Malia, you don't drive too good. It was awesome. See, in that moment, I was trusting, barely. But over time, she became good enough that I could say I trusted her. And I, wa- I am trusting her. And the day that she got her license, I was able to give her the keys of the car she, she was able to buy. And, and I was saying, because I have trusted you, and because I am trusting you right now, I will trust you to drive in the future. Now, before you put the key into ignition, every time I want you to buckle your seatbelt. And don't ever let your friend be in this car without them being buckled in. It's trust. I have trusted. I will trust. I am trusting. Do you see it? This is a moment. It is an intense life. You see, if you've never had a moment where you've trusted God, today I urge you to start trusting Him. Because pretty soon... Today will be gone, and you will have a moment where you can say, I trusted, I am trusting. You'll be able to build this faith to where you will be able to trust him with the future. And when, why can we say that in God we trusted about America? Because in the past, you look at them from Washington to Lincoln, you know, to Roosevelt, to Carter, to W, research it for yourself. You'll see a common thread. There was trust. We can say they trusted And the reason I want to call this message an intense life of trust, of trusting God, is because I'm urging you and I'm pleading with you today to be in all three tenses in your life. To let your Christian life be a reflection of having trusted God, of trusting God, and saying I will trust God. This is important not only for you, but for your kids, for your grandkids, for those that you work with from your classmates, from the person that you meet on the street. Because if you are active in your faith, you will have a moment of saying, I trusted God that I am trusting, I will trust. That you'll have a moment yeah, come on! What fires me up is that those who are far from God will look back and say, man, you know what? They trusted God. In fact, I see that they are trusting God and I can't believe it. Look at their circumstances. And you know what? Because of that, They will be able to have a moment of faith where they will start their trust journey. Where they can one day say, I trusted God. Why? Because I saw that they were trusting God, present tense. It's an intense type of trust. Now, I had this moment with my finances. I was broke, and some of you know, now I'm not. I wrote a book about it. I was broke, now I'm not. Let me tell you my story. You know, I was trying to eliminate debt and fund the dreams that God had given me. And I was trusting God to help me. And I found help through prayer, through reading of his word. Listen, read your word every day. Listen, for real. Download the Bible app right now, version, on your phone. Just download it right now. Stop listening to me. Download the Bible app. For real. It's, It's more important than anything I've ever said today. Here's why. They've got gamification built in. And when you log in, it'll say, you've read your Bible this many days in a row. And let me tell you right now, when I drive to work, I want to set the all-time land speed record every day. So do you. Don't, no, don't, don't judge me. When I go on a trip and I've went there before, I'm trying to set the record. And I want to set the record. And so I remember the day where I hit 100 days in a row of reading the Bible. Have you ever read the Bible 100 days in a row? And then I remember when it was a year. Do you know what I'm saying? And you make it your habit, right? I, I have read God's Word. I am reading God's Word. I will read God's Word. Do you see it? Past tense, present tense, future tense. What I've done in the past, what I do today, forms a habit that sets forth the course for tomorrow. And so I, I started doing this for my finances, and I started trusting that God would help me. I was trusting in God. So in that moment, I didn't have a moment of trusting, having trusted God, so I started trusting God. And we prepared a budget, and I saw in God's word it says I should give and put God first. Give, but God, I have debt. Can I start giving after I get out of debt? You ever tried that one? And in the Bible it says you should give. Nowhere in it says start giving after you get debt free or after God meets certain things you've set for him. You are to trust him. I found that giving is the issue of trust. And it's God saying, will you trust me? Will you have a moment where you can say, I trusted God. And are you going to trust him today and in the future? And so I started giving. You know, I didn't want to give. It was greatly challenging to me. I was broke. I had an average bank balance of $4.13. And I remember driving past this old country church Where I grew up, I grew up just south of Indianapolis, Indiana, and there's a little church. I mean, they maybe have 30 people, which is amazing because they're in the middle of the cornfields of Indiana. St. George's Lutheran Church. And the pastor got really aggressive in starting putting church signs up. Have you ever seen church signs? I love these things. You know, turn right or get left. (laughs) Tweet others as you want to be tweeted. Noah was a brave man to sail in a wooden boat with two termites. That's funny. I don't care who you are. Well, the pastor was very bold one week, and he put this on a sign, and it said, If you love Jesus, tithe. Anyone can honk. <laughs> oh But it's true. And so I started tithing. And then I put savings second. I began preparing a written budget because I found in Proverbs 21, five that the plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. And as I did so, I started realizing that I was trusting God. In the moment, I was trusting Him. I didn't know how this would work out. All I knew was in that moment, my way wasn't working. And so, even if student loan debt was facing me, even if I had car debt and truck debt and credit card debt, and I owed my mom and dad debt, even though I had financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon to Jamaica, even though I had financed the furniture, even though I'd financed the house man, I'll tell you what, I was good at spending. I mean, I, I spend too much on lunch and accidentally buy a truck. I mean, I am talented at spending. But in that moment, I trusted God. And you know what happened? He met me right where I was at. And he started working miracles. In fact, many years later, I can say I trusted God with my finances. I trusted him. And every day, I made the decision, I am trusting God. And because of that habit, I can say that I live the intense life that I will trust God. What about in a pandemic, Joe? Absolutely. I mean, I've been blessed with businesses, and we have eight businesses today. And I I like to say one of them before the pandemic was a multi-million dollar business. Now, it's a multi-dollar business. Like, for real. Like, it just went away right now. But I'm still smiling. Why? Because I have trusted. I found him faithful. How about you? And I am trusting. And I found him faithful in this day. And I will trust him. In fact, in the face of it, it's poured over in my life. In the face of this nonsense, just this year, We've been able to accomplish financial goals that that literally I did not know could happen. I bought two apartment complexes, a commercial building, even in the midst of a pandemic. How has that happened? Because there was a moment where I trusted with a bank account balance of $4.13 and dead up to my eyeballs. But I chose to put God first in my finances and I started giving without fail. I can stand here wholly with full integrity and say, I have never not tithe. I have never not given the overflow. I have never not included a budget that has a line item called intentionally bless others that we pull out in cash, and when we see a need, we just give it away. I have never not saved, and I've never not invested, and I've never not planned the rest. I stand here today saying I just completed my 207th month of preparing a budget every month with giving, saving, investing, and planning the rest. How have I been able to do that? Because I trusted. I want that for you. And so my encouragement to you you today, in your finances, but with your life, more importantly, will you live an intense life? That you will have moments today, even if you have not trusted in the past, you don't have that history, that you will have a moment where you, you will trust. That you are trusting. I have I am, I will you know as I started this out I, I talked about this light I have this light and I talked about how there's security features in dollars and they show up with colors but we have a light his name is Jesus and he reveals what is right and true in our life in First John 1 5 it says God is light in him there's no darkness at all and we as individuals as communities as a nation when we allow his light it separates the real from the counterfeit and he will heal us and if we live the intense life as described in second chronicles 7 second chronicles 7 verse 14 we know this verse if we've been believers very long if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray And seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. What will happen? Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Is our land, is our nation, in need of healing? Amen. And so, what if we live the intense life of that—that I have humbled myself. I am humbling. I will humble. What if we will say, I have prayed. I will be praying. I am praying. I will pray. And what if we would say, past tense, I have sought God. I will seek God. I am seeking God. We will hear from heaven. We will be able to have a history as a people saying we have heard from heaven. We will hear from heaven. We will continue to be hearing from heaven. Amen, church? I think that's incredible. So my question for you today is what is the financial decision you know you need to make? Do you need to trust God by bringing the first fruits, the tithe to his house? You've heard it said for years, but you've never done it. Is, is today the day where you actually trust him with the rest of your finances? Where you prioritize saving and giving up some of your desires in exchange for God's desires? Listen, they're always better. They're always multiplicative and additive to your life you know I shared at the outset that cash is woven together it's cloth it's an interesting fact but here's the great and life altering fact we as people are woven together too we were knit together by our great creator he's a great compassionate Lord in Psalm 139 13 through 16 it says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb this can be your prayer. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, you are. You may, Somebody may say, you don't matter. You matter. You are God's unique creation. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden for you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So listen. If you don't have a moment where you can say past tense that you trusted God for salvation, past tense, can I encourage you today to say, I am trusting God for salvation? Will you do it? So that you can have a life where you can say, I trust God for salvation. I have trusted. I am trusting. I will trust. Hear me. The greatest decision of your lifetime is not a financial one. It's not who you marry, although that is very important. It is about what do you do with the Lord Jesus? To trust him, to have an intense trust, past, present, and future tense. I read Romans 10, 9 through 10. I want to do it one more time, and then I want to offer that opportunity for anybody who's never accepted the Lord. It says, if you declare with your mouth, that is present tense, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, listen to that promise, you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So today is your day for intense trust. In fact, every person in this room who is a believer will pray it with you. If you're ready to make that decision today, will you all pray this prayer loud with me? Let's pray. And this is your moment to make that decision to surrender your life, to have a present tense moment of trusting Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray out loud. Jesus, I declare you are Lord. I believe God raised you from the dead. I surrender my life to you. I am trusting you in this moment. I will trust you from this day forward. Help me trust you all the days of my life. Hey, look at here right now. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, it says that you are saved in this moment. Can we celebrate, True North Church? You have started your journey with Christ, and that's incredible. And I encourage you to tell somebody. Tell somebody before you leave this building today. If you're watching online, I encourage you, tell somebody. There will be someone that will meet you there. It's the greatest decision you could ever make. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much that you have brought salvation to your house today. Lord, I pray that this this house will be filled with stories of trusting you in this moment. God, so that we can live the intense life, a life where we can say we have trusted you, that we are trusting you, and Lord, that we will trust you no matter what comes our way. You are trustworthy. And Jesus, we thank you that salvation has come to this house today. God, we love you, and it's in your mighty name that we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless each of you.
0: Come on. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? Come on, give one more round of applause to Joe. Man, I love that man. Do you love Joe? He's great. Listen, I want to encourage you if you're here today and you said yes to Jesus, don't leave um, without seeing somebody. We have a gift for you. As you exit today, it's a New Testament Bible. As you leave, make sure you pick one of these up. You may have a Bible, and that's fine, but we'd love to bless you with this. And listen, the most important thing you can do in your journey right now is tell somebody. If you're watching online, we have a team, pastors and and leaders are waiting to talk to you, to pray with you. And Hear me, church. If you need prayer for anything, if you're going through something, we have people here who will pray with you and encourage you. And I, I, feel, I feel the necessity to say this each week, and I, and I just want to break this thought in our church that needing prayer isn't a demonstration of weakness. It's an acknowledgment of you using wisdom. Um, those who seek prayer are wise, and it's not a sign of saying, oh, oh you, you need prayer. In some way, I'm, you are inferior. I, I need prayer. Pray for me. Pray for my, I, I have uh, two daughters, you know, and uh, but pray for me. Uh, we all need prayer. And so if you need prayer for anything, we have an amazing team and, and pastors and staff. They'd love to pray with you and encourage you and wherever you are in your journey of life. And listen, I want you to know we're praying for you um, in this season. And um, make sure that you are in relationship with other people. That's probably one of the most important things in a season like this is to make sure that you are woven together in relationships with other people so that they can Help carry burdens that you're going through in the life that you're dealing with right now. But listen, before you go, can I pray for you? Can you stretch your hands to heaven? Let's pray as a family. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I thank you for the marriages represented here today. I thank you for the families, for the sons and the daughters. I thank you for the generations represented in this space. Father, I pray that we can be a people that can declare that we. Have trusted, we are trusting, and we will trust you in all of our ways. May we make declarations over our home that declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the, serve the Lord and we will trust the Lord. And Father, I thank you that you've called us for such a time as this. We're not accidentally in a season like we are today, that you've placed us here, that you knew we'd be here in this moment. And Father, let us live with courage. Let us live with faith and not fear. Father, let be, let us be confident in walking forward. Father, let us be the light in the world that you've called us to live. Father, bless everyone as they go today. In your precious and holy name we pray. A faithful church said. Amen. Amen. God bless, guys.